Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Falcoholic Podcast listeners, welcome to another episode of the Falcoholic Live. This is your host, Kevin Knight, here to remind you that you can join us live on YouTube for our Wednesday night shows, which are at 8, 10 p.m. Eastern every single week, and also immediately following Falcons games for our post-game shows. Also want to remind you guys to check out our Patreon page, which you can find at patreon.com slash Live if you'd like to support this, the show and unlock some exclusive perks, including high-quality ad-free versions of the live video show, including the Wednesday show, and also starting now, exclusive episodes of our post-game show in podcast format, uh, as well as some other cool perks like exclusive Falcons Q&A sessions with the crew and some cool guests. Also want to remind folks to check out the community Discord server, which you can find a link to on our YouTube page. You can hang out there and chat with fellow fans of the Falcons uh, on game day and otherwise, and that's a lot of fun. Uh, Thank you guys once again for tuning into the show, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Fellow Falcoholics, what is up? Welcome to episode 165 of the Falcoholic Live. I'm your host, Kevin Knight, at Falcoholic Kevin on the Twitters, joined by two great, awesome co-hosts this week. As you can see him, he is Eric Robinson, at underscore Eric underscore Robinson on the Twitters. Eric, how are you doing tonight? Uh, I'm doing pretty good, man. Doing pretty yep. good. You know? Good, was, good. Spirit's a little high coming off of a, <laughs> a big win on Sunday. Yeah, you know, a win. Maybe you guys heard about it uh, against, you know, a a rival, you know, known as the New Orleans Saints. Perhaps you've heard of it, Um, you know, so we're definitely going to spend a lot of time talking about that uh, because we got to milk any Saints win for all it's worth, you know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, There's no way you can just sort of gloss over a Saints win. I mean, um, so we're going to be spending a lot of time on that. Don't you worry, folks. Especially in that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, especially in that way. Uh, we'll definitely get to that as well. Um, also with us to help us celebrate the win is Adnan Ikejat. Say which way, Adnan. How we doing? I'm um, doing well, doing well. You know, coming off a win, trying to contain myself from proclaiming any playoffs. But, you <laughs> playoffs. know, I'm not going to be able to if we win this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, if we uh, if we get that W against the Cowboys, which we'll be talking about later in the show, then I think maybe we all will start, you know, maybe we'll start to believe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. Because uh, that would be an impressive win. I mean, this was an impressive win. But, like, you know, we haven't seen this team really put it to, like, you know, string it together multiple weeks in a row. You know, I feel like if they had beat the Panthers, we'd feel a lot better right now than if they, you know, laid, laid than if they had laid an egg against the Panthers, which they did. Uh, so they just need to do it consistently. That's that's the problem right now. Uh, I would argue that this win is the biggest regular season win since 2017. The one that we're we're talking about right now with yeah, the, yeah, the Saints. Saints one. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, it's um, 
it's been really rare to get wins in New Orleans, just period, with this team. So, yeah, I mean, you had the other win in New Orleans in 2019, but the team was what two and yeah. seven, it was, two and eight at that point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now you get a win. You're at 500. You're playing competitive football in November so, for the, the first time since 2018. Yeah, yeah. The win, the win in San Fran a couple years ago was it? Uh, all that did was mess up our draft pick. <laughs> I mean, you're right, but you know that was a feel good win, but yeah, it didn't help the yeah, draft. Yeah, that was, that was, I mean, because that was a pretty that was a pretty good team they beat. I mean, it's it was that, it was you know. Yeah, I, oh, I'm not saying this is the best team they've beaten. That San Francisco team went to, to the Super Bowl. They were clearly a better team than this Saints team. But, yeah, all, all that win did was mess up our pick and give Dan Quinn another year. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, I think on balance, you know, maybe not the the best win, you know, for a variety of reasons. But, um, you know, I would have preferred it to be like that uh, Chiefs game last year where the Falcons were, like, oh. definitely going to beat them. And then just oh. miss the kick. So it's like we got all the like, you know, oh, we almost beat the Chiefs. Like, that's great. And it didn't mess up the draft pick. So I it was really perfect. Yeah, Young Way Koo, he respects the tank. That man deserves all the credit for that yeah, one. You guys um, wouldn't have taken that win? So no. so Adnan, would you would have you would have looked at that win the same way you looked at the 49ers win? Like um, uh, yeah, well, considering the fact that we wouldn't have Kyle Pitts right now if we got that win, yes. Yeah. That's a good point. Might not have had Kyle Pitts, but you might have had JC Horn or they may have actually taken Justin Fields at that point if it was later. Or Michael Parsons. (laughs) Would you rather have Parsons or Horn over Pitts right now? No. (laughs) No, I wouldn't. Uh, Let's move on. Yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, I like Michael Parsons. Like, I feel like uh, if we took Parsons, like only only reason I'm not going to answer that question, like outright is because for years i've been wanting them to have like a defensive stalwart another one or another yeah. you know another brick on this on that defensive side of the ball and, and that would have been an opportunity to have one but yeah yeah i mean i know. think obviously micah parsons i think would have been probably oh. the better fit for this team just because we needed the pass rush and like you know adding that to the linebacker core i think makes things really interesting next year that's sort of, and, and you know with decisions on Dion and foy and that sort of thing so um but I I wouldn't take him over Pitts. In hindsight, Pitts yeah. is still big. I still would take Pitts. And, like, we've, we've barely scratched the surface of Kyle Pitts. Like, barely Pitts, scratched the surface. I think Pitts so. could be the best tight end in the NFL as early as next year. Yeah. And, and like, I think yeah, he, yeah. Could become, he could be arguably the best weapon in the NFL in two or three years. Yeah. That would not surprise me. Um and like I know he's had a couple a slow couple of games, you know, teams after he like flamed two teams like in back to back weeks, like absolutely blasted them. Teams were like, Okay, like we can't put him in single coverage anymore. Yeah. And like that's basically been what it is. And it's it's you know, it's not the rookie wall at this point. I know people like to throw that oh, term no. around. But no. it's it's you know, he has to adjust now to in college he beat double coverage like it was nothing. I mean that happened all the time. But NFL double coverage and NFL bracket coverage is much tighter. People are gonna play their assignments much better, and just the players are a lot better. So it it's an adjustment, you know. Um it's gonna take time for him to to sort of beat that. And the Falcons this week kind of showed maybe they could take advantage of him drawing coverage yeah, elsewhere. That's but, the thing that we yeah. really need. Part uh, Patterson's been great. I hope we keep Patterson mm-hmm. uh, beyond this season. I think it would be affordable to do so. Yeah. Uh, Kevin mentioned on Sunday's show he is a 30-year-old running back at the end of the day. 
I don't think he'll have a massive, massive market, and he he seems to really like Atlanta. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we need that other wide receiver along with him, and you know maybe that can be Calvin Ridley. But yeah, with Kyle Pitts' emergence, we 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 need that one more weapon to really take advantage uh, of of things downfield because that now you're talking about having to cover uh, a good wide receiver one. Uh, Cordero Patterson and Kyle Pitts. It's it's pick yeah. your poison at that point. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think we're still very much in the infancy of Arthur Smith's offense. Like, I think we're we're you know still sort of feeling it out, and um, you know maybe now we're starting to see Smith sort of figure out you know the guys he wants to use in the red zone more. Um, you know, Zacchaeus with the two touchdowns, obviously Patterson was sort of the, the workhorse red zone guy early on. Maybe now Zacchaeus has sort of carved out a role as, as a reliable red zone guy, which no, you know, it was not necessarily the role I would have foreseen for him. I mean, I, I, uh, he is a good receiver. Um, but you know, I, I think he's sort of sneaky, right? Like he's not a big name. He's not a big player. He's just, I think good. And like, you know, Maybe Zacchaeus could eventually be a wide receiver three, but we still need like what you guys said, you know, Ridley coming back and being good, I think would add, and at least commanding, you know, the, the target share of a wide receiver one um, would sort of bolster this offense in a big way. And I think, you know, we could realistically add a wide receiver two in the draft next year. So that would go a long way to sort of filling out this. And, this and how chart, about but. Zacchaeus? going from where he was in the Miami game with those right. drops and you know it, he was looking unplayable for a bit there to just exploding last week I mean that second touchdown he I look I watched it back he took Marcus Lattimore's ankles on that route like it, I think it was the same route that Ridley had against Byron Jones in the preseason and like you saw uh, when Matt Ryan threw the ball to Zacchaeus for that second touchdown Marcus Lattimore was nowhere in the vicinity. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, I would uh, say statistically Zacchaeus is having a better season than Julio Jones this season, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, Z- Zacchaeus, <laughs> Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus kind of uh, ad-libbed on that play, actually. <laughs> yeah. uh, he, he, he felt the coverage, and, and he, he played it uh, He played it pretty well. He, he got himself open there. Um this team over the past five games, I think one, two, three, four, yeah, four of the past five games, they total over 360 yards yeah. on offense. And that's pretty impressive given the fact that they don't have a running game. Right. Don't really have a legitimate wide receiver one. I don't want to call Cordero Patterson a legitimate wide receiver one. Right. And the fact that Pitts has really been double teamed literally every game so far this season for the most part. That's yeah. that's pretty impressive, and that's a yeah. testament to Matt Ryan. Like Matt yes. Ryan yeah. is having one of his best seasons, you know, and that I can rem- since 2018. I think this is definitely his best season, and yeah. I mean he is going out there. He put the team on his back last game. Like there were no easy yards in that Saints no. team. The Saints have a really really good defense, and you know we can say what we want about New Orleans, but. That atmosphere is always legit down in oh, yeah. New Orleans. That's especially one of the toughest places to play. Yeah, yeah, especially for a Falcon Saints game. Like you know, those fans rock that dome down there for a Falcons rivalry game. And you know, Matt Ryan went out there and he just dissected them from, from start to finish. Um, 
with Alameda Zacchaeus as his top wide receiver, with Kyle Pitts getting covered, and you know three fourth quarter comebacks this year, three game winning drives. Matt Ryan has been—you could not have asked for more from Matt Ryan this season. Yeah, I agree. Come in, and again, keep in mind the Saints were coming off that big win the week before against Tampa, so the team was on a high, the crowd was on a high, and they walked in, they kicked the door in. And they stole a win, and it feels right. good. It feels good. I mean, and like it, I, I love that we're focusing on the positives because, and we should touch on the negative too, which was that they did blow another hugely. Like we were so close to like utter disaster, like devastation of you know the likes we haven't seen since the game that shall not be named. Um, Talking about it, the Super Bowl. Stop it, Adnan. No, those words, you know, ah, ah, you know, it's like Harry Potter. Like, no, he who can't be named, you know, the or he who shall not be named, the game that shall not be named. Uh, but, like, it, it, I don't know, like, something about this time, they they didn't blow it. Like, they did blow the lead, but, you know, I feel like last year we all knew that it was over. Like, when they once the lead was blown, it was like, there's no chance. Like, they're not coming back. And they didn't do it, like, at all last year. Not once. Uh, they didn't come back, and they had opportunities to do so. They just never did. Um, yeah. And this year, they've done it three times. Now, none of this was the only lead that was like really ridiculously blown, you know, to the tune of like three touchdowns in seven minutes or something like that. But like, um, you know, they—I don't know. I'm starting to wonder if re- they really have sort of turned the if they're starting to turn the corner on this choker mindset that had sort of permeated this team, we could all feel it. And it showed when they got behind late in games. I, I think so, they're starting to turn the corner. I yes, don't want, it takes I don't time. Want, it takes time. I don't want yeah. people to sit here because a lot of people are, are, are feeling that, Hey, you know, they're, the curse is broken. And I'm like, no, not really. I don't think the curse is really broken until they start doing this in the playoffs or in, you know some significant meaningful games down the stretch of a regular season but it is quite impressive that you know the three wins that they had this year that you know that came in walk-off fashion they had a lead they lost the lead but they still stole the game at the end like that's yeah. that's pretty impressive and like you said man it's for us seeing this team over the past few years like we this is already programmed in our minds like right. man, once they lose that lead they're not going to win this game there's no way in hell. yeah but they've done it three times this year and this mm-hmm. again if they're i think they're starting to learn and that's how you begin changing a culture of a team yep. um and you know the first step was bringing in the new regime you know cleaning house the yep. way they should have last off season and like you guys said, this isn't something that's going to happen overnight where, you know, you just flip a light switch and, oh, we're not chokers anymore. Yeah. Um, no, it's it takes time. You know, you have to build good habits every single day, every single game. And, but it is really, really nice to know that, hey, you know, we're maybe we do blow this late. And I'd rather we not blow a lead at all. You know, <laughs> that would be that's, nice. That's yeah. the next right. step, you know, just like holding on to the lead completely. But yeah. I do think that, uh, that that'll maybe even come in time when we have a better running game, when we have mm-hmm. uh, a better offensive line. Mm-hmm. We don't exactly have the personnel right now to s- completely solve the game away. Um, but it, it it definitely is nice that we're not we're not feeling the pain that we felt under that Dan Quinn regime and toward the end of that Mike Smith regime 
where it's all right, like, you know, we have this huge lead. It's never safe. You know, we, we blow it. And now all of a sudden we're sitting here on the post game show on the Wednesday live show. And our tone is completely different than it is right now. Um, but yeah, it it is nice. I feel like uh, Arthur Smith is with these wins, with these comeback wins. Arthur Smith, Matt Ryan, they are getting the fan base to buy in a bit more, to to you know trust them a little bit more, to know that hey, maybe we are never out of a, out of a ball game, and right. you know the game is coming toward its end. And all of a sudden, I remember a time in 2010 and 2012, uh, in those early Matt Ryan days where. All right, uh, the game is close in the end. We, we need a drive. We need to go downfield. It's it's already programmed that in our minds that all right, what we're, we're going to get in the field goal range, we're going to win this game. Yeah. We're kind of going back toward that a little bit more, and that's a much better place to be in as opposed to oh, we're losing the fourth quarter. There's no chance that we're coming back. I, yeah. I think, and and Adnan hit the the nail on the head there. Like it's. The curse definitely isn't broken, but you're at least getting an understanding for this team that's saying, hey, even if they blow the lead, if they get an opportunity to win it, they're going to win it because they have three wins this year in that fashion. And if they would have had better play calling in that Washington game, they would have won that Washington game. Matt yeah. Ryan would have had a game winning drive in that game. I'm, I'm positive of it. To me, the curse isn't really broken until they have these big leads and they keep these leads. So when it's 24 to six with 10 minutes left in the game, at the end of the game, it's still a two or three score game. That's when they really, quote unquote, broke the curse, when they can keep and sustain these big leads. Because th- that's that's pretty much the narrative that's been built for this team over the years. Like we know they can get off to really good starts and they can get that comfortable lead, but they just can't, they can't close the door. And, and you be- see you see the super successful coaches, and as much as we hate Sean Payton, one thing I will tip my cap to him for is when he gets a big lead, he he continues to step on your neck. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and you know, he's gonna go out there and he's gonna still air it out. He's gonna sling it. Sean McVay, same thing. Sean McVay's teams have never blown a second half lead in his coaching career. When when the Rams have had the lead at halftime. Uh, with Sean McVay at the helm, they have never lost a game. Like that, that sounds like the exact opposite, 180 opposite of what we've seen with Dan Quinn's Falcons the past few years. Yeah. And I'm kind of hoping that Arthur Smith gets into that mindset a little bit of, all right, yeah, we're up by 10. We're up by a couple possessions in the fourth quarter. Let's go for this kill shot. And I know it kind of burned us in, uh, in, in the Super Bowl a few years ago. And once again, I, can't I'm not we're can't, not gonna get can't into fault it. That. But I'm not gonna fault I, I I've never faulted Kyle Shanahan for doing that because right. that's what he did all season long. And you know it that's was consistent. what worked all it season was consistent. long. Yeah. But yeah, I would I would really, really feel a lot more comfortable if our coach had that really killer mindset to playing to really win instead of playing not to lose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think yep. that's important. Anyway, we got some tips coming. Thank you guys for that, by the way. Let me get to some of these as we continue the conversation. Also welcoming in Evan Birchfield, Director of Guest Personnel at Evan Birchfield on the Twitters. Evan, how are we doing tonight? Um, Very good. Very yes. Good. I figured I'd pop in and see how you guys are doing. Oh, yeah. No, we're definitely going to get your takes on this Saints win, too. I know I know you, you've got some celebrations, I'm sure. So, yeah, um, Evan left us for the podcast. 
yeah, he's you know, you know, he we he he you know he tried to get uh, we were this close to getting you know Matt Ryan on and it didn't work out and, mm. and it's been you know uh, just slowly you know degenerating behind the scenes. But I'm glad he's that's, you know worked up the courage to come back on since. That's then, why so. Matt's been playing well because he's <laughs> yeah. trying to come on the show. Mm-hmm. Exactly, that's we were like Matt. Yeah, if you don't win NFC Player of the Week, you know we can't have you. We got right. the list is too long. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So. Um, all right, we got George Costanza with the five dollars. Says Adnan, remember the Braves weren't above five hundred until August. Then they went on to win the series. Maybe the Falcons are another team of destiny oh. in Atlanta. Wouldn't George, it be wonderful? George, I yeah. love the confidence. <laughs> I, hey, I'm telling you, if the Falcons, if the Falcons win the Super Bowl this year, like I will, I will come on to the post. I, I don't even know what I do. Like. Uh, I mean, I'm that flying would down be, for the parade. Like, what would be to. what would be the bigger story in the city of Atlanta? The oh, Braves the, winning it? Uh, or the, the Falcons? I think this, the Falcons this, would be the bigger story. City. Just yeah, just yeah. because of like the sheer unbelievability yeah. of it. Like the Braves um, were like spicy. They the won in didn't think, they so. win in ninety? What was it? Ninety five? Yeah, the Braves 96. won in ninety five. Um, they they blew a World Series late in ninety six in true Atlanta fashion. But yeah, the thing is and. You know, I know, like, having grown up here, spent my entire life here, I know that Atlanta is 100% a football city. Like, nothing will ever top an Atlanta Falcons Super Bowl. We just haven't seen the sheer magnitude of the celebration from the Falcons winning because they've never won. Um, But, you know, this city was really feeling it during that Super Bowl run. Uh, The Braves have... uh, and it may be a sheer numbers advantage around the country because they have the entire Southeast. Uh, all of the Southeast is Braves country. Pretty much they have the TBS generation who grew up watching them on TBS around the country. But surely when you're talking about just the state of Georgia and just Atlanta, like football's a religion down here in Georgia. Yeah, it is. Um, I think the Falcons winning would be the biggest sports story without a doubt in the history of, of maybe the state, the only thing that could maybe even compare is a UGA football title, and that's just talking about <laughs> the state as a whole. I mean, it's funny, like, how if the Falcons can shape up, it's like there's, like, a non-zero chance of, like, Georgia winning the, the title in college football. The Braves have already won. The Hawks, you know, getting hot and, and you know, getting being spicy for the NBA final title. And, you know, so now we just need the Falcons to come along, and the Falcons get in the playoffs, you know, that would be the best way to end the Georgia sports curse is for all of the teams to win in the same year. And, you know, at that point it's like, it's cosmic, you know, there, there, there's some sort of divine intervention going on. That would be a good way to make up for, you know, the, the decades and decades of incompetence, I think. And like, you know, just cursed sort of atmospheres to just have it all happen at once. I think that would be a nice send off, you know, football and other sports deities. Yeah. I've said for years, man, like the city of Atlanta, I've never lived in the city of Atlanta. Of course I've visited there plenty of times. I have family there. Um, and, and I'm always comfortable in the city whenever I go there, but I've always felt like the city of Atlanta deserves that type of, you know, that type of sheer joy when it comes to their sports teams, man. You see it in L.A., you see it in New York at times, you see it in Miami, you see it in all the other big cities. Why not Atlanta? Atlanta's yeah. on that same scale, mm-hmm. in my opinion. So they, yeah, they deserve it. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's get to Ulysses Ventura with the $3. Thank you so much, man. We appreciate you. He says, let's get OBJ. We need someone to get open. I think he's someone who has the ability. Just kidding. We don't have the money. 
However, I am excited to see Anthony Rush again rewatching the game. He showed some flashes. Please, let's stop giving the ball to Mike Davis. Mike Davis was, like, so close to being a pariah. So close. Oh, I, will say, I will say this about this whole we don't have money thing. I'm a believer in that the salary cap, is it really is a myth. Now, right now, <laughs> to an extent. The, team, the team doesn't have a million dollars in salary cap money. But I guarantee you right now, if they really wanted to bring in OBJ tomorrow, they'll move some money again. Teams can do that, even if you're in a negative. Teams are capable of moving money around if they truly, truly wanted to. Yeah. So I don't think just, they want to. I, think I don't think they it, want to. That's the yeah. thing. I don't want to sit here and say they can't because they don't have money because I think that's BS because we just got a guy in Terry Fontenot who for years built a reputation of getting free agents, even though the Saints didn't quote unquote have money, they were able to move money around somehow, some way. Teams are capable yeah. of doing that. I just don't think this regime wants to do that. No, I, and I like you can do it, but it, it just keeps making your next year like worse and worse when you do that. It, it, and like, yeah, yeah. I think and they're sort of trying yeah. to like. It seems like what they've done this year, other than touching the Matt Ryan deal, which they really don't, didn't have much choice. Don't on, the Saints but. have less, like, cap space than the Falcons? I think the Falcons have the, the least. The Falcons have the least right <laughs> oh, now. Oh, do they? Like, well, 750. But the Saints don't have a yeah. ton, do they? I thought they, they don't have don't. a ton. No. They don't have a ton, no. Yeah. They said they couldn't have claimed, like, Beckham with his $7 million cap it, definitely. So, um, But the Falcons, I think, did clear some space by waving some guys off of injured reserve. Um, so I think they're probably back above a million now. But oh, pinching um, pennies out here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, people don't realize that. And you guys, when you have guys on the IR, they still counting as a salary cap. So, um, you know, it's uh, it's rough. So, you know, when guys get healthy and they can take get taken off of IR, like Deidre and not like uh, I can't remember the other guy they cut. But, I, I'm not. Um, I, I completely like, forgot that Snot was even on the team. Yeah, me too. Or, I forgot he was on IR. Yeah. He's been on IR. As this of right time. now, the Saints have eight hundred eighty-nine thousand dollars. Oh, geez, yes, yeah, so they probably have less yes. than the Falcons now. Yet you continue to hear their name being tossed around as a team that may be in for Odell Beckham. Right. There's a reason why. They don't have money, but if they truly wanted to, I think they can find a way again. Uh, and what, oh, sorry. I was just going to say, with them, it doesn't even have to be with uh, Odell Beckham. It's like anytime there's like a big free agent who's available, their name's usually tossed in there yeah. as someone who usually, like, can lay yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, because the Saints have been trying to like win now with their free agency for the past <laughs> decade, but it just has literally never worked. It, it, they really, get close. Yeah, that's, but... that's been their formula for yeah. years, and yeah. but it hasn't turned into Super Bowl championships. Um, yeah, yeah, as a Russell Wilson fantasy owner, I for one think you should go to Seattle. Seattle <laughs> has always been a dark horse. Yeah, I think they have a little bit over thirteen million dollars. Yeah, they have rum, mm-hmm. so they have the money. They have the they have the money to pay Odell what he wants. And probably even a little bit more. Yeah. But if he wants to play, he wants to play for. Look, a lot of people are throwing names, throwing teams out there. My my thing with this is, when it comes to Odell, there's two things he wants. He wants a considerable paycheck, of course, considerable amount on his paycheck, and he wants to play with a a really a Super Bowl contending quarterback or a playoff type quarterback right now. So that's why I never understood the whole Saints thing. Yeah, so Trevor Simeon, he fits. I don't, I don't, I don't That's what I was going to say, yeah. And I know he's from Louisiana. I get it. But he's, you mean to tell me he's going to go back home to play with Simeon and Taysom Hill? 
Right. Yeah, over Rodgers, yeah. Wilson. Over Rodgers, Wilson, over Mahomes. Yeah, Hell, even over Matt Ryan or, or over – yeah, I don't I don't understand that. We were joking so, about that in the Falcon chat. I was like, oh, yeah, he's like disgruntled from playing with Baker Mayfield, so he's going to go <laughs> sign to play with Trevor Simeon. Like, with Trevor Simeon, yeah. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't believe it. Yeah, I just don't believe yeah. it. So, so um, I don't know why they toss the names out there, but it yeah. is – I guess he's interested. But in my opinion, if I had to roll the dice – and and just say that you know pick a team that I think he's going to go with. I I think it's probably going to be Green Bay. Yeah, I think it's Green Bay too. That was the early favorite, and I sort of think that that's going to end up being because I think he sort of realizes like he's probably not going to get a big payday from like a major contender. I mean, maybe Seattle, but that's maybe, pretty much maybe uh, Seattle, maybe, maybe Seattle. <laughs> but that'd be good for Seattle though. Imagine that because I think. I, Russell Wilson's back this week, but I thought I saw Chris Carson's coming back this week or next. Yeah, week. could be. Yeah. yeah. So the Chargers, the Chargers have a decent amount of money as well. Yeah. And I've always thought the Chargers as a possible land spot. I mean, it's fun. It's right, LA. right. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And he's got a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Got weapons. But yeah. Good point. I, good point. I, as far as Atlanta goes, I never. I don't know, but I know you guys didn't take that serious at all. I mean, no, I never no. really considered it. There was really no chance he was going to come here. Yeah, uh, I ha- I did see a lot of Falcons fans in the all of the comments on Falcon social media saying go get o- Odell Beckham over and over again, <laughs> like they do uh, with every free. That's how you know it won't happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, let me let me ask you guys this then. Let's just hypothetically let's say the Falcons did clear some space. Do you think he would even consider Atlanta, even if they had the space to sign him? I don't like, think even so. If they did, I still don't think he would really no, consider it. I don't think so. They would have had to claim him, so that that wasn't going to happen. They would have had to, yeah. Yeah. They would so, have had to claim him. Yeah. Don't think that was going to happen. Um, also, how about uh, how about that trade overall? Like, I remember people were really clowning the Giants when yeah. the they Giants won Odell the trade. Beckham. The Giants yeah. definitely won that trade. They got what? A couple firsts for him. They got like yeah, a, they got a couple yeah. Jabril Peppers. Jabril Peppers. Um and Zeitler. They got Zeitler. Yeah, Zeitler. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah, and the, I think that just shows that the shelf life for wide receivers, even even the great ones in the NFL, like they can fall off really, really quickly. Um and we saw because Odell Beckham, we thought at the time when the Giants traded him, it's like, all right, like, you know, generational possibly just a matter of time maybe before he becomes the best wide receiver in the nfl and then never put it together in in cleveland with uh that run first approach down there and he and he's 29 he's almost at that age you know 30 is is that that age where teams start looking at it as an expiration date today's episode is brought to you by cars.com With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Right, so. exactly. Yeah, so that's definitely something to consider. Um, all right, we got Noah Cook with the $5. He says, uh, thank you, Noah, by the way. He says, first off, I know you saw this comment on Instagram, but thank God the Braves won. <laughs> Secondly, we need to make sure we re-sign A.J. Terrell. He is carrying the defense. Yeah, I mean, 
I think AJ Terrell will be like easily Terrell's their, a long their top years priority for at least three more years. They're yeah, yeah, he's, he's, year yeah exactly. He's got a while. Yeah, yeah. And you like, don't have to worry about point, going anyway. No, yeah. I mean, at some point they may decide to sort of get ahead of that deal, like before the fifth year option or whatever. Maybe um, fiscally but, smart. Yeah. So you know. Yeah, we'll you're safe to happens, buy a Terrell but, jersey if you're. Yeah, for yeah, I think so. yeah. That's a pretty good. <laughs> that's a pretty safe one. Yeah. yeah because e- even if they let all of it expire after the fifth year o- option, everything, he'll only be 27 in this free agency season. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's the middle of his prime. So I think. I think he's he's going to be set for at least one more very very lucrative long term contract after his rookie deal with the Falcons. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah, because he's he's signed through twenty twenty three already, and then they could do the fifth year option in twenty twenty four. So yeah, he's he's pretty much good to go for now. Um, so don't have to worry too much about him. Um, all right. We got Solaire with the one dollar. He says, "I'm with Eric. The curse is done when we got a defensive star player who can make that play." Whether it's a game-winning sack or pick, for instance, Sean McVay is like 38-0 and zero when leading at halftime. It's because he's got Aaron Donald. Pass rush is how you keep a lead. Yeah, I mean, that's the biggest weakness on the Falcons team right now is pass rush. I mean, bar none. Now, maybe we can, we'll get Dante Fowler back this week, and I mean, that should help a little bit. But it's still arguably the biggest weakness on the team. Um, Kevin, how long, how long have we been pleading for the defense to close out a game? You know. For Since years. we started the show in 2017. Since we started yeah. the show. Like, yes, <laughs> love that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Well, the so, defense you know, had the Saints right where they wanted them. They gave up exactly. a touchdown with just enough time left for Matt Ryan. That was, they, hey, you know, try, try telling me that wasn't The Dolphins, purpose, too. Know. The Dolphins, yeah. too. Yeah. Too much time for Matt Ryan. We're going to start saying it, folks. So, too much time for Matty Ice left on the clock. Um, all right, we got George Costanza with the $3 once again. Thank you, George. Says, I'm not afraid to admit when I'm wrong. I scouted the helmet and not the player in Justin Fields. He's the real deal. Watching Monday Night Football. The only thing more impressive than Fields that night was the atrocity of the officiating on display. Oh, my God. That was, <laughs> that was an embarrassment for yeah, the NFL that was an embarrassment. on Monday Night Football. I think Carrente mm-hmm. hip-checking Marsh yeah. and throwing a flag for it and yeah. getting caught in 4K. Yeah. That was... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why you think he can get away with like that. No one's gonna see that. And that, yeah, there's I think, cameras all over the place. Yeah. Like, what but are he, you doing? I think he also knew like he he they were people were gonna see it. He just didn't care. And then he so. that, then he publicly addressed it and said he didn't do it. Yeah, yeah. that's I'm definitely something that NFL has to look at. With I mean, there's a ton of stuff, but there's a lot of the it. taunting and stuff. Like, they, uh, there's a fine line. Like, I don't understand the gray area of like taunting and celebrating because it's like. Sometimes the celebrations are worse than the taunting. It's just I don't understand it. The senior senior VP of officiating has already come out and said that they're not going to change the rule. They're not going mm. to consider changing the rule that Corrente was in the right with the flag the other night. Yeah, um, they always do that though, and then they change stuff you know over the off season. <laughs> right, but and it's funny yeah. uh, because it was it was it was brought up the other day um, in our production meeting that. It's funny how you can see defenses get like an interception, right? And they all like half the half the defense goes is in the end zone to pose, yeah. and there's no flag for that. But one guy can get a sack and stare at the opposing sideline, and it's like, yeah, 15 yards, right? Uh, first down, like that yeah. makes 
absolutely no sense. I think it would have been different if he like walked over to the actual sidelines and did some stuff or whatever. Well, he was like midfield, he, basically. Like, he, he, took, like, he took steps towards right, right, but he was still like on the field, like he was nowhere near the actual sideline. But my the play was dead for one. Yeah, it was in it. It was it was that was third down, and it was going to fourth. Special teams was coming on the field. The play was dead. So yeah. what? He didn't, yeah. he didn't make a gesture or anything. Also, right. even if he did, it's like if you don't want him to do that, then, you know, stop him. Like, Just don't, say don't do it. Yeah, yep. it's it's the same it's the same shit with the uh, MLB and the bat flips and stuff where, you know, it was boomers, uh, you know, dominating that conversation forever of, oh, yeah, like play the game the right way. Like, fuck that. <laughs> like, yeah. No, yeah, screw that. Like, <laughs> like, like, who, who says that that's, that's the right way that the game is played? Like, who, who came up with that shitty definition? Right. right. Just, just like in baseball when the umps, when, when they sense that, you know, a pitcher is maybe may uh, targeting a particular player, you know, they get that sense like, hey, let's, let's talk to both teams. Let's, let's go ahead and nip this in the bud right now. We're not going to do that before anything escalates. So I don't, I, you know, for for a guy like Marsh who was actually signed off the practice squad that day or a couple right. days prior, yeah, to get that sack at that point in the game, like that was huge for him. Man, I yeah. thought I heard that he was on the Steelers preseason. He was, yeah, so that's, yeah. And that's that's why. why yeah, was, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Man, man, I'd stick both middle fingers up if, if right. I oh, was yeah. in that position. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. You. I mean, you're it not going to get that many chances. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the yeah. thing. Like that. I mean, they're slowly starting to come around on these, you know, celebration things. Like, they actually let players celebrate touchdowns now, which is nice. Yeah, remember, that was not allowed for a while. Right. Like, I mean, very recently. So, the NFL is just like the U.S. government. Change, if it happens, is extremely slow and labored. So, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's just going to take a while. It's such a gray area because you're still – you put these rules in place – but you still don't know what if, what really is taunting because again, if if what Marsh did is taunting, then so is fifteen guys going in the end zone to take a picture at the end at the end. Yeah, zone. or That's a common cool. thing where you run into the end zone and you throw the ball at the wall and it yeah. usually bounces off and can hit somebody. Yeah. And it, hell, if it, if the taunting. way they throw it, it could hit one of those cameramen and hurt them but that's i mean that's not going to be a flag but that's taunting yeah. when a player right. when a player makes a big catch on first down and they spin the ball that's taunting right um, if yeah. that's taunting everything else is and, and the Two thing pumps. is it's like yeah. i feel like the nfl <laughs> is gonna have to uh get a bit more leaner with that rule just because your target demographic are people that for the most part like that uh yeah. you, you know your target demographic is people 18 to 35 Right, like you, you, of course, the NFL will never have a problem with the ratings, but you want to yeah. keep as much interest as possible in that younger uh, Gen Z millennial demographic because you know those are the people that are you know going to be alive in twenty years as opposed to <laughs> right. the people who aren't. It's it's going. You're going to see a change, honestly, when it happens to a high profile player. When when right. The outcome of a game is changed, and it involves a guy like Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes or so. That's when you probably see the league like, okay, you know what? We might we might need to nip this in the bud. That's what roughing the passer is a perfect example. Oh for yeah, that. it took a yeah. huge. I mean, there's a ton of examples, but one that's more recent was when Aaron Rodgers got pummeled in the ground by uh, Anthony Barr, I believe it was, mm-hmm. and he missed. 
uh, I can't remember what year that was, but it was a couple years ago, and he missed time, you know, because of his shoulder. So that was the big thing of you can't drive them into the ground. Remember not long after Brady tore his ACL was when the rule was implemented that you can't Tom Brady, you can't go low. Yeah. Now you can't go high either. So, you know. Just make a two hand touch on the quarterback at this point. But, you know, yeah. and that that does, uh, you know, lead into another uh, donation from Noah Cook. Uh, yes. You know, he's with five dollars. Thank you, Noah, by the way. He says, let me also say, you know, that flag for roughing the passer was absolute shit. How are players supposed to get sacks if any contact to the quarterback is a flag? And yeah, I mean, if you're mad about that foyer flag you're absolutely justified i mean um like like simeon asked for it by pump faking and then ducking like i don't like foyer was trying to bat the ball to do he's supposed to fly over the quarterback and not touch him there has to be there has to be they They, have to change the rule they need to adjust that Um, because it's yeah i understand it's a passing league you know quarterbacks they're they're the money makers but you have to give these defenses a chance like it's I don't, I don't know. I, I they they really need to do something similar to what the NBA did this year, where they changed the uh, the foul baiting rules it, to the point was... where you know you kind of have to give give these players. Like I'm not saying go out there and just like you know go high pummel them, you know helmet to helmet. But if you get some of the helmet, like that should be up to the ref's discretion of all right, like you know that this really isn't anything malicious. Yeah, yeah, and like GGG, I understand. Like Ryan's gotten those calls too, but I disagree with those calls as well. Like I, I mean, I think Ryan's like like this year he had that one. Yeah, this year, yeah, this year, but it took like five years for him to finally get a damn rough in the passer call. Jesus Christ! And the weird thing about it is, there's coaches on the competition committee that makes these rules. Yeah, that implements these things. Mike Tomlin is on the competition committee, and he applauded the taunting call. Because yep. it benefited him. Now, mm-hmm. if that was T.J. Watt that did it to the Bears sideline, I guarantee you he wouldn't feel that way. That's the weird thing about it. The fact that these rules that we're seeing that we don't like are actually coming from coaches. I yeah. Think. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's like, I mean, it, it as long as it's like it does, as long as it goes both ways and it's called consistently everywhere and everyone's benefiting – you know, this and, and getting penalized the same way, that's fine. But it's not. But like, not. Yeah. Watch what, Monday Night Football, case what in point. penalty <laughs> is really getting consistently called both ways None. nowadays? Yeah. None. So, yeah. None. Because roughing the passer, because the hits that I saw Justin Fields take the other night. Oh, yeah. They don't give a shit about way Justin worse Fields. than yeah. what happened to Simeon. Oh, yeah. Way worse. No, Justin Fields is getting obliterated late. He they didn't care. murdered out there. <laughs> they did not he care. Folded, he got folded up like an accordion when he was giving himself up. Not a flag. But yet Simeon can sit here and get his face mask grazed and his 15 yards and a first down. And yeah. Fields called out the NFL. He said, Big Ben gets these calls. Like, give them to me, too. Right, and he should. And he's probably going to get fined for that if he hasn't. <laughs> but still, he should speak up on it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah that. Yeah. Exactly. Um. All right. We got uh, Jason Gaines with the two dollars. Thank you, Jason. He says, "Always great to beat the Aints. Like to see the Falcons put up fifty points on Dan Quinn's Cowboys defense on Sunday." Probably not going to happen. I probably like not going to happen. Yeah, he says, not sad to see Nazia let go and uh, Kyle Shanahan without his fluke 2019 Super Bowl run is just 19-37 and as an NFL head coach. 
That is. Uh, we're we're gonna have to have a conversation about Shanahan. We're gonna have to conversation. because yeah. Yeah. I thought I heard a stat that he hadn't. They haven't won, or what their record was at home was like something absurd. Oh, it's awful. Yeah, isn't it like one in eleven? Or yeah, something since they since they moved year? into the new stadium or whatever, it's been really bad. Yeah, it sounds too. like the twenty twenty one Falcons. I, I don't have the specifics, but if someone wants to look it up, it's. Some, I I heard it on the telecast. It's very like bad. That. Yeah, insanely it's very bad. bad. Mm-hmm. Very bad. So, yeah, I mean, Shanahan is is gonna have to answer uh, for some of this because it's not all. He can't just keep blaming it on injuries and like you traded the farm for Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo is thoroughly mediocre. So why is Lance not playing? Like, um, he was hurt. I mean, I know he was hurt, but like before that, and like you know, (laughs) he apparently I think he's ready to play now, and it's they're sticking with Garoppolo probably because Shanahan's like I need to save my job and not lose. I think next year is his the last year on that big six year contract that he signed after after leaving Atlanta, and yeah, Trey Lance doesn't pan out like that's that's his job right there. Might not make it to that six year. Yeah. Yeah, Anthony Wilson in the chat says, "Bring Kyle home. He can be our run game coordinator." You no. know, so <laughs> I love that man knows how to coordinate a run game, Eric. Hey, he would I'm get not, this run game lie. going. Yeah, Kyle Shannon and Arthur Smith. You oh, know, dude, that would be dirty. Out the play designs. Yeah, that would be dirty. I'd, oh, I'd love I looked that, up that but... that stat. They're one in ten at home since the start of twenty twenty. My God, wow. yeah, one it's pretty bad. Really. Well, yeah. no, one. It, this was during halftime. They lost. Was it was the Cardinals at home? They were just playing, so they'd be one and eleven. Yeah, they got yeah. they got crushed by Colt McCoy. Yeah. What was the one, yeah. What was the one game they won? Uh, probably, probably the Falcons, of, right? But... <laughs> yeah, right? No, no, we, that was we beat them in. in uh, no, that was yeah, yeah. What year was what? it that we lost to that we lost to? Uh, what's his name? Gabbert. Ooh, oh, Tom Sula? Oh, G- Gabbert was 2015. It was the Rams Rams on Sunday night. Uh, that was week six of last season. They're 1-10. 1-11 oh, okay. in, oh, in their new yeah. stadium since the beginning of last year. Wow. Hold on. Let, so that means me, the Falcons are going to win that let, game. Let me, yeah, season. let me see. Oh, yeah, we're playing over there. Let's yeah, we're go. playing in their station. <laughs> yeah, well, All right, I, let's I'd feel go. a lot yeah. worse if we were playing at home in that game because the Falcons yeah, exactly. can't win at home either. Mm-hmm. That's true. Wow. That's very true. Very true. Also, I will say we are Great playing Saturday. Dallas. Hmm? Thank you. Oh, we're playing Dallas this week. I'm very grateful that we're playing on the road because if we were playing at home, like <laughs> I feel like we, we would see a flooding of uh, of opposing yeah. fans at, at the best. Oh, that stadium would be full, like for the first time. Yeah, of Cowboys fans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sold out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're sold out this weekend. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. if if the Falcons win, you know, against Dallas, I think uh, they could actually have some fans in the stadium next time they come home. So uh, that they would come home in eight days. That's yeah. their next home game, right? Because the, then they uh, have to go. They have to play Thursday night football. Yeah. Is it at home though? Yeah, that's yeah. Thursday night football. It's a, it's oh, okay. the uh, throwback game. Okay. Throwback cool. Yeah. Um, which we always play great in, as you know. And by that, I mean they I wish. every time. Yeah. <laughs> so, yep. It's going to come apart where they just go, okay, we, we, we can't wear these anymore. anymore. Yep. Yep. Got to put those away. Um, all right, we got Noah Cook with the $3. He says, last thing for me, last Falcons jersey I bought was of Tony Gonzalez. Who should I go for currently leaning towards Koo the Goat? 
Yeah, I think Kuz a good one. I think he'll be around Kyle for Pitts. a while. Kyle Pitts is going to be here I mean, for yeah, a decade. Yeah, Kyle Pitts is Kyle Pitts is really obvious though. Let's let's dig a little deeper here. Yeah, no, I, um, I'm just saying if you're if you really need like your primary jersey, you need someone who's incredibly yeah. safe, and then after that you can start experimenting. Get a yeah. custom one. Get a. I mean, I'm going to get a Pitts gradient. That's the next one I'm going to get. But because if you get one for yourself, I think everyone should have one for themselves because you're you're not going to retire. Like, right. That's mm-hmm. about as safe as you can get. That's true. It's a good point. Yeah, I mean, I think Terrell is a good one. Um, I think I might get a Patterson one, even if he only plays this year, just because this is going to be such a legendary season. Like, it would just be sort of like a cool jersey to have. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think like maybe if you want uh, like a, a beefy boy, you know, I, I have my Grady Jarrett one. That's the one I usually wear on the show. I like that one. Um, um, I don't think you can go wrong with the Matt Ryan either, just yeah, because even true. even after Ryan retires, it's like, all right, like, you know, that's, it's a Matt Ryan jersey. It's, like it's a, acceptable. Like if you have a yeah. Michael Turner jersey, like it's yeah. fine. Yeah, it, it's like uh, you know, even Patriots fans who have a Tom Brady jersey, like that. That's going to be good for forever after he retires. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think uh, Chris Lindstrom could be a good one too. I think he's going to be around for a while. I think he's you know already shown he's probably one of the best guards in the NFL. So if you want a a thick boy jersey, that's a good one too. Um, oh no! But when's the last time you saw someone wearing an offensive lineman's jersey? I mean, well, that's yeah, what I'm I think saying. you have to someone pay extra to. for those. That's the problem because really? you wow. have to get them. They're technically custom. Like if wow. you go to the website, there's like probably four players, and then the other ones are usually extra because they're, um, you know, they have to like custom. Like if you wanted to get like a Brandon Copeland jersey, like you can't. <laughs> you're, it's not going to be the same, right? You have right. To get that made. Yeah, maybe you could have got Lindstrom cheap when he was the first round pick. Because they probably would have mm-hmm. made them then, but yeah, it might be more now. Um, all right. If so you wanted, though, you can get yeah. a Julio one and put it away. Because I mean, it's still going to be. Oh yeah, I mean, you could always wear. Probably that. trying to yeah. get rid of them. You can get yeah, that on the they were, too, right? They now. were like sixty dollars yeah. when I went uh, uh, for training camp. They were like sixty dollars, like legit Julio jerseys. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Yeah, Julio. Maybe you can, if you live in the Atlanta area, maybe possibly a Marshalls or a Ross. You know, they always have <laughs> something on. On yeah. layaway, they true. They do. They do. They yeah, got not layaway. Excuse me. Something in the, in the bargain bin. Like probably, yeah. if you get lucky, you could come across like maybe even a Julio jer- jersey for like thirty, yeah. forty bucks. Sometimes mm-hmm. you find some random ones in there too, and those can be kind of fun just to have. Um, yeah. All right. We got George with three dollars. He says we can win the Super Bowl because as a wild card team, we'll play every game on the road, and as we all know, we play much better on the road. So. We are four and one outside the Benz. I know year. that's what I'm saying. If we just got to get into the wild card, then we'll be road warriors in the playoffs. Everything will be fine. So, the problem is if we start to be, you know, the division leader, then we have to worry. So, yeah, that's a good point, George. Good one there. But um, yeah, I mean, I, we do, we should talk about Anthony Rush before we move on to the Cowboys because, um, you know, he was great uh, and. The, the team clearly agreed because they promoted him to the active roster like the, like permanently the next day because, I mean, I think he probably would have been signed away by somebody else. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, that would be nice to, to have that type of impact player just sort of find him, you know, sort of from the scrap heap. Um, you know, maybe James Vaughters might be something too. You know, he didn't necessarily have a huge impact outside of that you know, game-changing play, you know. So he had a huge impact, but he wasn't, like, a consistent threat. But, um, you know, I'm certainly liking that they're sort of just constantly churning that practice squad looking for anything, really. Um, 
One thing, maybe. Um, yeah, with go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. Anthony Rush, if you're looking forward to seeing him, um, the team website has him listed as 94. So okay. if you're like, where the hell's 71 at? Right. Well, he's. Yeah, he needed a big he point took number. He took Sanat's number. Yeah, he needed a big point number. That's pretty savage. He's the yeah. reason Sanat got cut, and then he takes his number. Steals his spot number. and his number. Mm. First he, he steals your spot, then he steals your girl. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. And he's already been better than Sanat ever oh, yeah. for us. Yeah. So that's kind of... You know, yeah, that one game, he showed more He's played about as many snatches as Sanat, too. Yeah. Oh, brutal. I will say, I don't know why they cut Jacob to Mariner, like I don't know either. They weren't playing him. He was yeah, like, were, but why weren't they playing him? Why were they, like they had, Because they, they love Stephen Means. Yeah, they should have been. I, yeah, I you're, just, right. I don't, you're right. I don't <laughs> get. I don't understand why the you know the lack of snaps. He's younger. To me, he's a better pass rusher. To me, he's a better as defender. He's a better run defender. And it's, just, it's not I like the Falcons are just over flooded with pass with rush. Pass rush, right? Right. Yeah. right. I mean, There's I don't, I don't get smart. it. You, you cut him, and you still need pass rushing help. Let's just be right. honest. Even with, even with Fowler coming back, you're still going to need some pass rushing help. Yeah. I guess they think Vodders is, you know, they like Vodders better. Yeah, and that's fine, um, like, if they but, like Vodders. But I, Tordy Mariner is better than Means. Like, he right, is. Exactly. I agree. He's yes. a better player than Steven Means. Yeah, he is. I agree. So, he is. I mean, I rather, I honestly, I'd rather trot out. You know, if everyone was healthy, I'd rather trot out Fowler and, and, and let, you know, JTM get some starts and then, you know, ease in Ogundeje and, and, and Vaughters and, and drop Means back to the squad. There you go. Yeah. yeah, I agree. There you go. I, don't, I, I don't get it. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't get that one either. But let's let's move on to this Dallas game. It is the Dan Quinn revenge game. Um, is it? I mean, for the Falcons. <laughs> like, we have to get revenge on Dan Quinn. Oh, okay. Um, I thought it was the other yeah. way around. No, everybody's no, no. Like it's the other way around. Like, right. no, we're no. probably going to score like 10 points this, uh, this exactly, Sunday. Exactly, yeah. He's he, going to he deliver to his... Why does he have to get revenge? They started off 0-5 under right. his watch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's more like we have to get revenge, yeah. Um, exactly. So, I mean, I, I am... You know, knowing Dan Quinn, which we do... Uh, I mean, this is like another huge Kyle Pitts game, right? No. No? No. We, Dan Quinn's defense can't stop the tight end. Eric, you know this. They had trouble stopping the run last week. Not saying the run <laughs> game is going to get off the ground. No. Not saying that the run game is going to get off the ground. Um, the one They're giving up over six yards per play, which is insane when you consider the fact that they get – they live and die by the turnover. That's yep. how this defense wins games or, or even looks good at times. If they're not getting turnovers, which they did not last week against Denver, you saw what happened. Yeah. So you you can go back to the New England game. They didn't really get a turnover till late in the game, but Mac Jones looked very, very well in that outing as well. They're going to have to protect the ball. If they yeah. can protect the ball um, – and another formula that I always felt was right when it comes to beating Dallas and getting the best of that offense, you got to limit possessions, man. Yeah. Denver had the ball for 40 minutes that game. 40 yeah. minutes and did not mm-hmm. turn it over. Yeah. Atlanta's going to have to kind of sort of follow that same formula. This no, but you really need the run game to be working if that's going to happen. Yeah. Well, yeah, you do. 
But even in the aspect of just protecting the ball, if you don't, if, you, if you're not even, you know, if you're not turning the ball over, they can still be able to to keep themselves in this game against this defense. Like I said, they're giving up, they're giving up almost. It's, it's really six point six. It's almost seven yards per play that they're giving up. It's, it's yeah, up. yeah. They're uh, let's see, yeah, six six yards per play has them 29th in the league right now. Uh, yeah. In terms of total yardage, they are. 21st but in terms of passing yardage they are 25th so they are quite bad against the pass it's it's really the turnovers uh of which you know i mean they average what they're third in the league in interceptions per game they live and die by 1.4 per game and and we know like uh trayvon diggs has gotten a lot of you know mainstream hype uh, because because of all the turnovers that he had that really impressive uh interception streak but he's someone that's purely boomer bust like He is going to gamble, and he's someone that can easily be had, uh, you know, deep. And, you know, he's someone that got burned by Tim Patrick last week. He got burned by Kendrick Bourne a few weeks ago. Um, he's not uh, – I'll say I think A.J. Terrell is a better cornerback than him, despite the fact that Terrell doesn't get as much hype because he doesn't get interceptions. Well, but, they've, they've thrown yeah. so much more at – um, or so much less at Terrell than they have at yeah. Diggs. Like if you look, I don't know what the current number is, but it's probably double of what Terrell's yeah. had. But there's a reason for that. It's like other cornerback, other quarterbacks know it's like, you know, Terrell is probably going to be locked on on the wide receiver. He may get a pass deflection. He's not. He's definitely not going to get beat. Uh, going to get beat deep. Uh, yeah. And he's never given up a touchdown in man coverage, like period. I think he get, he gave up his first touchdown this week, according to PFF. But even that was, that was his, like, yeah, that was yeah, that wasn't his. even his fault. He had, he was guarding two players. Yeah, um, I think the safety was supposed to have the deep part of the play there, but you know whatever. Yeah, but it's like I I'm definitely not afraid of that Dallas deep. Like they have some playmakers and digs. If you let him, can turn a game on its head by you know getting an interception, but. You know, I'm not as worried about that with Matt Ryan being a veteran quarterback and, you know, knowing especially the ins and outs of this Dan Quinn scheme, you know, he's probably faced it in practice many, many times in his career. So I, I think that he he will have a bit of an advantage there. Yeah, and it really just comes down to, like, you know, is Dak back? Because when Dak is on, you know, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Last week, clearly it didn't look healthy didn't play well um and they couldn't really get anything going but um you know i think the the, the dallas defense is exploitable I, and like you guys said they've sort of lived and died by the turnover the falcons have been pretty good at limiting turnovers you know not you know they're about league average uh and like some of those turnovers are kind of fluky too so it's not like they're careless with the football or anything like that um but it's really important that you know they they uh, don't turn it over uh yeah so that's going to be critical yeah, um, if they can if they can keep that from happening, that'll be big. But you know, I mean, in terms of offenses, the Cowboys are one of the NFL's elite offenses. If Dak is running on all cylinders, and um, you know, that's the big question: is like, is he going to be ready to? Is he going to be back to full health for this game? Um, I suspect gonna, that the answer is yes. <laughs> he's going to be fine. That's yeah. that's where my biggest concern is. Honestly, I, I think the offense is going to be able to make a make a few plays here and there. And again, if they protect the ball, I think they'd be able to put put some points on the board. Maybe and, and we can always uh, deploy Felipe Franks out there to really give him, <laughs> give him a curveball. This, based on what happened last week, 
this will be the week to activate Wayne Gorman. Like, yeah, please, please. please. Um, do you me. guys uh, question? Do you guys think that Mike Davis will potentially lose snaps because of that fumble? I know he recovered it, but that's still in that in that situation, in that moment to fumble the, the ball like that. The seed and, was planted. With that I'm, I'm going to be honest. Like Mike Davis has needed to lose snaps for a while. This, this need, the the <laughs> seat was playing. He was already losing snaps anyway. Yeah, but I think in in the moments where the ball, like if they're up and they're just trying to literally kill the clock, like we saw before. I think Arthur Smith even said like he trusted him. Was that against right. Washington? Yeah, it was against Washington. Um, he was trying to explain why he didn't put Patterson in on that. Drive. Yeah, like, like now oh, he's proven him. twice. He fumbled, he, there's no yeah. reason to trust him. Yeah, but he, yeah, he fumbled. He fumbled against the Jets. Right. Late and last week, that was the fumble in the red zone against the Jets. He fumbled in the red zone against the Jets, and then he fumbled again in the red zone against the Saints. Luckily, he got on top of that. Yeah. The uh, seat was planted. And the the thing is, other than I think the Dolphins game. Davis has gotten double-digit touches in every single game. Like yeah. he has averaged a consistent nine to fifteen carries. He only, he only had what four touches in it. Yeah, he had four touches in, in in the Dolphins game. Yeah. Other than that game, he and Patterson have been roughly the same with their touches, except Patterson's just been much much more productive and efficient. Yeah. Whenever yeah. he's gotten the ball. Yeah. I mean, I I think there's a lot of reasons why it's time to start giving guys like Gallman more chances and it's partially salary related, you know, like um, they're probably going to move on from Davis next year. He just, I think he was always a one year rental to try to kind of get the team through until they could add a running back next year. You know, we know Eric is a big fan of Kenneth or of uh, uh, Kenneth Walker. You know, I think that there's a lot of guys in that day two range that could go after, you know, like Isaiah Spiller is another guy. So like there, there's a lot of good running backs that they could have a shot at. So, um, you know, I, there's probably a lot of guys, and I don't think it's crazy to say that are like unemployed right now. Yes. You could give the Falcons basically the same production. I, I, yeah. I will say, I have, I think Gallman can and should be able to be a big factor for the Falcons down the stretch if they give yeah. him the ball because yeah. he's fresh right now. He yeah. has he's not fair. had very many carries, and that definitely makes a difference. We saw Davis last year with starters carries kind of break down toward December when Christian McCaffrey was injured. Yeah. Um, whereas Gallman, like, Gallman was very, very serviceable as uh, the New York Giants' number one running back last year without Saquon Barkley. And now he has a lot of tread on his tires. He's very fresh for November and December. I think yeah. if, if we move toward kind of featuring Gallman a little bit on with that one-two punch with Cordero Patterson, I think the, the team could could get a spark out of the run game with that. I, I think they sort yeah. of have to. And I, I don't honestly yeah. think it's like all Wayne, like all uh, Mike Davis's fault. I just feel like his, his running style is a really poor fit for what the offensive line is giving him. This offensive line is, is not consistently blocking up stuff the way it's supposed to be blocked. Um, they're not giving him a ton of room to work. And I think his sort of more patient style, it doesn't fit well with the offensive line being, you know, kind of bad at run blocking. We've seen Patterson, who was kind of this, you know, wild stallion runner, just sort of like make it work. He's, he's used to navigating yeah. <laughs> through traffic. Yeah, he's I mean, used to just having to do that. So The way you see him run is pretty much how he incorporates, you know, he incorporates that aspect in kickoff returning. Like that's... He, he's able to, to take a small crease and make three or four yards out of it. He's more yeah. used to it when it comes. Like you said, the run lanes are not huge for Davis. 
So it's more so like he's he's being patient, but he's being a little too patient. Right. And the next thing you know, he's tackled for like a yard and a half or two yards. So yeah, they should definitely and and like Adnan said, he's he's fresh. He's only he's been healthy scratched. Yeah. Like it's it's not like he's banged up. He's been healthy scratch. He's been healthy scratched for Felipe Franks. They claimed him, him for a this reason. Experiment, man. Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, they it, claimed it, him. They need to use it. Him. It's like, it's either negligence on the part please. of the coaching staff, or it's it's a three D chess move to keep him fresh and to really <laughs> unleash him. Yeah, is is I what mean, is it doing? Davis we need to unleash him now. Yeah. When he's on the <laughs> field, time. they're like, "Is you guys got ten players on the field? Because we're not going to pay attention to Felipe Franks." Yeah, until Felipe can with? actually threaten to throw the ball. He's and maybe they're going to do that at some point. Like maybe they're going to like galaxy brain it and like actually have him like like toss a bomb in, or something. Put him like, in motion. Yeah. What is he going in motion for? Exactly. Yeah. Is Where distracted? is he going? Where is he yeah, going? I'm barely <laughs> seeing a defender like even following in motion at this point. Yeah, what no one cares. Why no is he lined out wide and he's going in motion? Um, I, 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 I think he had a longer run than any of Davis's runs in the first half last game. So yeah, I will give him that. And then you put him in in fourth late in the fourth quarter. On a very critical drive in the game, you put him in and having him run a zone read. Yeah, dude, that that it's, could it's, have been that could have been a disaster, guys. And can we talk? Okay, we're we're on to a different game, but like, can we like talk about that fourth and one inch play? Like, Ooh. I feel like we need to say something oh, about that. First that all, was a, first that all, was that a travesty. Should, yeah. yeah, first of all, that should have been a first. Down. It should have been a first absolutely. Down, yeah. It should have been. It should well, have been. like even when they measured it, it's like. Like the ball is there. Like that yeah. was not short. Like that was like an index measure. card, you know, thing. Like <laughs> they're that short, guys. They're that yeah. short, right? Yeah. And, and, that, and then you right just there. don't sneak it. Like the Saints yeah. were shutting down the run all game. Yeah. Like literally, I don't know just, why like, the fuck you wouldn't sneak it. Like you need to get an inch. Like just fall forward. Like just fall forward. Like and if you don't trust Ryan to do it, which I don't know why. There's I don't know why people don't sneak with Ryan. He's always shown that he could well, be he's fine five. at sneaking. Like he's yes. fine. It's but like, like if you don't trust Wilson Ryan, let Patterson line up as like the <laughs> Just, as the, the You want to bring out Franks, let him do it then. Well, like, hell yeah. Franks, Shit, Franks do that. Yeah. Do that. Franks is six. That's if if I want to bring him in a game, it'll probably be for that. Right. One, that three, would make he's sense. He's like a sacrifice for that yeah. inch. Like yeah. if he gets, but, it was you know. Mike Davis. In that case, he's taking up a roster spot on game. I he should not be on a roster spot. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Um, but like Tom, Mike Davis, seven yards in the backfield. What the fuck are Tom we Brady doing? Brady has been like, sneaking that successfully for twenty years, even when yeah. teams have known for a fact that it's coming. Yes, because it's easy. You have to get like an inch. Like, I, look, even the best defense is gonna have a hard time preventing you from getting one inch of like movement. As, as so, at one, at some point in my life, like it is, it is a real goal of mine to be able to talk to like a handful of offensive coordinators <laughs> and say, answer this question for me: Why, when teams need a yard or an inch, you you take the ball and you place it seven yards behind the line of scrimmage and you say, "Get me that first down." Why? I, why? I don't get it. Yeah, that like, play was doomed from the start. There he was, was so far back. There was two defenders in the backfield before Ryan gave the ball off. It was not going to work. Yeah, um, I just don't. Get it, it, it's it's not a sexy play. The the QB sneak. And I feel like these offensive coordinators are like, no, no, this is too easy. Like, you know, yeah. uh, I, I got to turn on hard mode. I can't yeah. do that. Yeah. 
And, like, even if Ryan, like, to be fair, like, people pointed out, like, Matt Hennessy got obliterated on that play. He was, like, seven yards in the backfield. So, like, maybe the sneak fails, but, like, I'd still rather the sneak fail than they did whatever the hell that was. I'd rather the sneak fail, yeah, yeah. because, I mean, goddamn. You would have been a hell of a lot closer. <laughs> a hell of a lot, yeah, yeah. You wouldn't have Bro. lost three yards. Yeah. Bro, you, you, even Madden gamers know, all right, fourth and inches. It's automatic. It's an automatic first yes. down every yes. single time. Every yes. single and, time. And, I, and I run saw, it behind I Lindstrom. People, like I saw people bring up the um, the Josh Allen play with with the uh, Bills and Titans several weeks back, where he 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 tried to sneak in and didn't get in on fourth down and ended up losing the game. Like that, honestly, that doesn't really happen as often as you think it does. No. Not it to doesn't. mention that was poorly executed. Yeah. Um, because Allen took the snap and went off the hip of his left guard instead of just like, bro, just take the snap and go that. Yeah, way. you're just why like you, if it's you, that close. Why are like, you trying to hit a gap and go yeah, this way? Right, just go right there. Yeah. That's all you I mean, if you want to like for the Falcons, it's like if you want to go behind Lindstrom, like I get it. Like you know, if you want to sort of like lean your your sort of rush behind Chris Lindstrom, who's like. The best offensive that's a, lineman that's on the team, and that's fine. Con- but yeah, that's exactly. a different blocking concept when you yeah, tell me a center, dude. I just need you to fall forward, yeah, center. Just... Hike the ball and just fall forward. Yep, you can get it. Yeah, I, yeah. There's there's no explanation for that play that would that would explain. I'm it to sure me, one so. of us could execute a QB sneak in that situation. Probably I still. just yeah, I hope he learns like, his get lesson. Get it and fall forward. Like I, I can hope fall he forward. His <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, on the Wayne Gallman thing. Um, like Wayne Gallman averaged four point six yards per carry last year. He on a hundred almost hundred and fifty carries behind a bad Giants offensive line. Like this man is tailor made for this Atlanta situation. He's going to a bad offensive line where we need someone to just carry the damn ball. Not to like, mention as much as as much work as we're seeing from Cordero, um I do I don't want to get to the point to where because Mike Davis is not being effective now, we kind of sort of have to make Cordero the running back one. Because as much as he's on the field getting carries, it's pretty much telegraphed. Like yeah. defense is no when when eighty four is back there, he's probably going to get the ball. Yeah, like and I think where Patterson is right now is like perfect. Like this is what he needs to do. Like we can't give him more than like ten fifteen carries. Like I think that's right. not going to be great. Like we right. So somebody else needs to take ten to fifteen carries. Somebody I think at this point, I think at yeah. this point it probably shouldn't be Mike Davis. It so. shouldn't. It shouldn't be. Yeah, but we're gonna we're gonna get to a point where it's not working with Mike. So we're going to have to give Cordero the ball more, which means we're going to, he's going to have to get 12 to 15 carries. Yeah. And that's we don't need not that. Yeah. Him to do. No. no. So I, I think we're past the time where we need Gallman to start getting more carries. Like at least but a third. What did they bring Allison? What did he do? I, he do special teams? teams. Yeah. Five snaps. Because I, yeah. Was he, special he wasn't teams. on offense. Though, no, was he? just special teams. Five so, snaps on special teams. Um, so, I mean, I know they've been having issues with their coverage, like kick coverage. Um, I think they're trying to sort of, you know, they brought in Darren Bates as like a special teams ace. I think he's been an upgrade there. Um, but like, they're sort of I'm trying not, to figure that out. So, I'm not I'm not understanding their roster management on game days. I'm really not. We need to like, Felipe Franks, you know, needs to not be that. Like, Put him on the goddamn Arthur Smith can't help squad. himself. He just can't help himself, Please. man. You need to like take it away. He's like an alcoholic. Like you just can't. Don't Felipe let it. Don't is, let him be around it. Like he can't he's taking up a roster spot for somebody. Like uh, 
I'm sure. I'm sure in Arthur Smith's head, he's seeing like something with Felipe. Like I'm sure it, it's it, beautiful. It's, it's like a what symphony. <laughs> I don't. It's like a symphony in his head, like an orchestra w- with Felipe Franks. Like, you guys oh, know, he can like do this, this, and this. But it's Franks just not, is probably like, like in practice. Franks is probably like ripping off like twenty yard runs on those. But but they don't realize it's because the Falcons <laughs> defense literally. Yeah, yeah, the Falcons defense like can't stop mobile quarterbacks at all. So that's not a good indication of like whether you should do that or not. Look, at this point, I'd rather give that game I'd rather give that roster spot on game days to Kaminsky or somebody. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Why? Yeah. It why? needs to be gone. But I I'm I, hoping like, I just that, wanna I wanna look yeah. at Felipe it's like, why are you here? Like on game right. days. Why? Why yeah. are you on the sideline on the jersey? Right. So at this point I'm just sort of you know, I, I think we're to the point where it's like we wanted Mike Davis to work out. Everybody loves Mike Davis. He's a great guy. He's he's an awesome Twitter follow. And like I, we all wanted it to work out for him, um, and it's just not working. Like we we have to do something else. Um, I remember last year literally being on here, like think, not saying you know I thought he would be a great yes, fit. It just it so hasn't too. worked out. But also out. last year Arthur Smith wasn't the coach yet. Like yeah. we didn't know yeah. what the offensive scheme was going to be. Uh, Dirk Carter was still calling plays. Oh, well, I mean, like, after I, – I remember like saying after season. Arthur Smith yeah. was uh, hired and saying, you know, because we were like, oh, who's going to be the Derrick Henry, you know, type – who's going to be that kind of running back form? Yeah. And I, mean, I, honestly, I remember yeah. saying Mike Davis would be a good fit, but – I mean, I, I thought that he would too. But I, I think at this point it's like we need to know, like, how big a contributor Wayne Gallman can be. Like, can he actually be – someone as part who can be a, like a meaningful part of a rotation next year. Cause that can inform, or can he be the starter? Like, can he be the starting running back? Like, I, 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 I think he showed last year for the giants that like, if, if you're not going to upgrade Gallman with like a, you know, top tier running back pick in the draft or like, you know, a day two running back or better, like Wayne Gallman's probably better than day three running backs. Like, <laughs> My, because, because honestly it boils down to this. You're you're preventing Gallman from suiting up on game days and getting meaningful carries because he doesn't contribute to the special teams. Okay, all right, he doesn't contribute to the special teams. So you rather give that roster spot to a six-six quarterback that didn't even play an ounce of zone read in college, like wasn't even that type of quarterback in college. And you're putting him on the field for a handful of plays to deceive the defense. Like I don't, I. You, what are you trading here? You're, you're trading a, a potential run, you know, RB two, for a guy that's on the field that shouldn't be on the damn field. Yeah. And neither one of you, neither one of them are giving you special teams value right now. If we're being yep. honest. But what if it works? It's not. But what if it does? It's but like, not. But what I'm if it serious. does, Eric? That's what Arthur <laughs> Smith is thinking right now. But what if it works? What if it's, this is the I, week? It only has just, to work I, once. Yeah. I could just see defenses now when he's on the field and he's going in motion. There's not a damn soul going in motion with him. No one looks at Felipe. Oh, can you imagine? Someone starts going into motion. The linebacker just like gets him. He's like, no, 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 no. D- just let him go. Oh, no, 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 no. No, you're good. You're good. It's Felipe. It's Felipe. Right here. Yeah, d- right d- here. Get, get, get back in your spot. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's that's the thing that troubles me, man. Yeah. I, if, I think if, it's. If you're, 
Yeah, you're not going to give him the reps because he doesn't contribute on special teams, but you're giving the spot to somebody that still doesn't contribute on special teams. Like at this point, the run game is more important than special teams. Like it's we need, more, yeah, we need like to figure out something with the run game. Like that's, the run game is way more important than you trying to freaking make your own Taysom Hill right now. Yeah, that's what you're trying to do. Yeah, so I, uh, I need, I need to see more of Gallman. Like, every Did time not, he's come on the field, he's been at least solidly productive. Um, the one guy I wish they would have not got rid of was that, um, obviously it's hindsight, but Dante Foreman. Oh, yeah, was, Deonta Foreman. I, I Deonta think he was Foreman? the Titans' top runner in that this last past game. Week. Yeah, he, yeah, he split carries with, with Adrian Peterson. Yeah. Hell, if you want to bring on a running back that gives you special teams value, bring Allison back on. I mean, at least he plays right. special teams. Okay, and maybe throw on. him a couple carries. Maybe. And... Maybe. <laughs> Allison looked good in the preseason. I was surprised he they cut did. him. Yeah. I mean, what I think we, we were doing? all surprised. Yeah. Um, I I don't – yeah, I, I was surprised. I was less surprised when I saw that they signed Gallman just because Gallman, you yeah. know, has yeah. proven production. Mm-hmm. I'm not as mad about it. I'm more upset that Gallman isn't getting any carries or any burn at all right now. Right. But again, I'm I'm choosing to give Smith the benefit of the doubt, and that you know maybe he's just planning on unleashing a fresh Wayne Gallman on the NFL in the last. And that sounds weird. Wayne Gallman isn't Derrick Henry, right? It's like oh Wayne yes, <laughs> we NFL. thought Cordell Patterson. You know, they're they're going to be quivering the in their booths right now. Yeah, yeah. the secret weapon right yeah. now. Yeah, we thought but, Patterson was the secret weapon, but it's yeah. Wayne Gallman. All Wayne Gallman. Hey, what? Hey, um, <laughs> Arthur Smith has been five chess moves ahead, you know, this whole time right now. Yep. But yeah, I, I, I would like to think that they're going to start activating Gallman and really giving him some some meaningful snaps in in the coming weeks. It, sh- it should be this week because this is yeah. a the poor rushing defense. Yep, for they, they that they got to they got to run the ball to keep that Dallas offense off the field cuz that Dallas offense is going to move the ball. Oh, they are close. The they are close. Yes, they will. They are going yeah. to move the ball. So They moved the ball uh, against us last year too and you know, they moved it up and down the field last year. They did. And they still had three fumbles. Yeah. It was yeah. it was bad. Yeah. Uh, who's uh, Terrell who's Terrell going to be on, do you think? Or do you think he'll just kind of rotate? Probably a mo- Yeah, well, I, I I don't I think, think I think they're getting uh what's his name back too? Um Gallup. Gallup, Gallup yeah. yeah. I, I think he'll be oh, oh god. I think he'll be on <laughs> Cooper mostly because CD Lamb works out of the slot more than anything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is a game where I think they'll really miss Isaiah Oliver. Yeah. Uh because Oliver was, you know, he was very, very solid in uh you know, covering the slot before his injury against Washington. And, you know, I, I think this I, – I, I'm worried about who is going to be covering C.D. Lamb in this game. Yeah, like, you should be. Eric Harris because they're going to Big Nickel now. <laughs> Maybe Richie, Gan- Richie Grant actually plays in this game, Eric. Yeah. Is Kevin Sheffield hurt? Yeah. yeah. He is. Oh, okay. he, had a, he, uh, he didn't practice today he with the, the hamstring. Left the game with a hamstring injury. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I would I would be very worried if we were throwing Kendall Sheffield on CD Lane. Yeah, oh, yeah. God. I think I think uh, maybe the Kendall Sheffield. Chris Williamson's back it. on the roster. Oh, there you there go. We go. Hell there we yeah. Go. Oh, yeah. That's our CD Lamb eracer right there. <laughs> hey, the CD stopper. Hey, he can cover Cedric Wilson, right? <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah um. Yeah, well, I mean, we're saying all this. Watch C.D. Lamb end up with, like, four catches for, like, 32 yards. Right, just because, yep. 
Just hey, Avery Williamson. Weird. Or Avery yeah. Williams, all right. Avery Williams has actually been okay. Which yeah, is for, for the record, uh, yeah, I would fire up CeeDee Lamb in all of your fantasy leagues. Oh, yeah. I would fire up all your Cowboys. Yeah. Yeah, all of them. I don't yeah. like <sighs> Honestly, the really Falcons' like... defense, though, like 15th like in yardage. Like, uh, they're actually not that bad uh, in terms of yardage. I mean, in terms of points, they're really bad. But a lot of that is those first two weeks, to be fair. In terms of, so. in terms of overall talent. Well, yes. You know, exactly. touche, yes. <laughs> yeah, Tyrone Smith has been very, very good this year. Yeah, as, uh, is he going to be back? Tackle. Didn't he miss uh, Sunday? He did in practice <laughs> yeah. today. So, we'll see. Nope. That's, that's, a, that's a big loss. Yeah, I was going to say, that would, that would be a big loss, except the Falcons can't get any pressure either way. Right, yeah. <laughs> no way. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Doesn't matter. But uh, real quick, I wanted to comment on, on Anthony Rushman. I really like what I saw from – from the big nose tackle, he's roughly what about three hundred fifty pounds. Yeah, he he's a big boy. Like a the most impressive thing I saw from him, however, was the hustle that he had on yeah. the Stephen Means fumble recovery. This guy sprinted twenty five. He didn't block anybody. Yeah, okay? he tried. Yeah, but he sprinted twenty five yards to yep. try to you know to to put in some effort to block somebody. I was impressed by that three hundred fifty yeah. pound guy sprinting that far down the field. Looking to block somebody, yeah, he's a keeper, man. Let's let's see what we got in him. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I like that a lot. I think that could be a big key to the run defense because we were going to that Saints game like, oh wow, they're just gonna run all over us, and like they did. And then they put Anthony Rush in, and it was like, oh, they're still running well, but like it's not they like they only had yeah. hundred four rushing yards. Yeah, it wasn't catastrophic after they started to go. It, it was. It so. I thought they were about to have like after that first drive. Oh my god! Kamara yeah. only had what fifty. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it wasn't Something that like bad that. when you look at yeah. the the totals at the end of the game. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. that bad. Like they barely, they barely had above a hundred yards rushing. And, yeah. and th- this will be a great, great litmus test because Dallas has, in my opinion, the best running back duo in the NFL. Like yeah, Tony Pollard yeah. can start on yeah. many teams. Tony, over, over I, Chubb and Hunt? Uh, I mean, Chubb and Hunt's probably better. Chubb and Hunt's probably better, but yeah, I think it, Chubb and Hunt's they're, better. They're there. Yeah, if they're, they're not they're, yeah, they're yeah. If they're not one, they're, they're, they're a close second. Because okay. I re- I'm a big Tony Pollard fan. Like, I, I would sign up to have Tony Pollard starting for the Falcons next year. Yeah, I think a lot of teams would, and that's why... <laughs> that's probably why it's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, we'll see. I'm hoping but, that uh, uh, I definitely yeah. think he could have a bit of a Michael Turner trajectory in his career, where you know he kind of leaves Dallas, leaves the shadow of Zeke because Zeke is going to be there for another couple of years because of cap implications, and then like he just explodes somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So we'll see what happens with all that. But uh, yeah, guys, uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in tonight. We really appreciate you. Before we take off, I want to remind you folks to check out. Our Patreon page, our next Q&A is actually going to be tomorrow, Thursday night at 6 p.m. Eastern. We're going to have Dave Choate, uh, Gina Kelly, and DW on to answer your Falcons questions, patrons. So make sure to uh, be there tomorrow. And if you're not a patron, uh, you can sign up at any time between now and tomorrow night at 6. Uh, the link is patreon.com slash Live. Lots of great perks there. Uh, also, for those that listen to the podcast, we're now uh, putting up uh, the post-game show as a podcast exclusively for patrons um so if you're a podcast listener and uh looking to get more podcast coverage uh that's an excellent way there obviously you get the ad-free uh version of this show as well um 
And, uh, yeah, guys, we just really appreciate all of your support. Uh, make sure, to, again, to tune into the next post-game show, which will be uh, this Sunday after the conclusion of the Dallas game. Before we take off, I want to thank all the great co-hosts and guests. Well, you're all co-hosts at this point. You know, no, you good. We're, we're, we're way past the guest stage with all of these folks. Uh, first of all, we have Evan Birchfield. At Evan Birchfield on the Twitters. Evan, anything you're working on you'd like to plug? No, just go to falcolic.com for everything. Um, yeah, that's it. Yeah, cool, cool, short and sweet. I like it. Uh, we also have Ananika. She is at Say Which Way. On anything you're working on, you'd like to plug? Uh, yeah, um, what if the Falcons win or lose and the series history article are both coming out on Saturday. And yeah, just check out the Falcoholic is a, a one-stop shop. We have everything you could want. Uh, pertaining to the Falcons, post-game reviews, roundtables, um, draft coverage, you know, so definitely check us out. Yeah, Can yeah, I for sure. plug one thing I just yeah, remembered? Yeah. Um, it's our site's doing roundtables this week for the mid-season awards, like offensive MVP and defensive MVP. And I and apologize for missing the else. offensive MVP, Evan. Yeah, I, I missed that. that that's okay. Contributed to the defensive one. That's, a, yeah. that's totally – I mean, offensive's kind of – obvious it's pretty team. obvious yeah, yeah it's either, matt, that, matt it's either matt ryan killing it this yeah year. oh yeah definitely. really yeah. the other man um, yeah yeah um but i think there's score predictions later in the week um so just go to falcolic and look for that stuff yeah yeah check that out for sure um also with us tonight we have eric robinson at underscore eric underscore robinson eric anything you're working on you'd like to plug no, I just want to plug the alcoholic site like, like these guys said man, there's there's everything you need so give it a look see yeah yeah for sure give it a look guys lots of great content on there i'm kevin knight at alcoholic kevin uh speaking of great content first mock draft of the season the my week 10 mock oh, came sh- out shout um, out to the fact that uh yeah. we haven't had one of those until November. i know i did it because i wanted to not because there was literally nothing else to talk about so um, that one's a little spicy. There's a trade at the in the first round for the Falcons. Uh, you know, oh, we'll it's a move spicy up for one. Thibodeau, huh? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. oh yeah. No, it's uh, it's it's a spicy one. So go check it out. I know it's a good mock when one comment is like, "This is the worst mock I've ever seen," and the second comment is like, yes! "Oh my god, oh my god, that's I love it." Good. So that's how you know it's a good mock. <laughs> that's yeah. when they're good. Um, so uh, as as long as you uh, you know, get. Get it's those, been so uh, refreshing. Like in my "What if uh, we win or lose?" I I just finished writing it up. It's going to publish on Saturday. I talk about straight playoff implications for the entire article, like standings, teams around us in the standings. Whereas at this time last year, it was just, oh, like, well, what are these teams? You were doing, you were doing yeah. the same thing. Were- no, 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 no. <laughs> I, at, at this point last year, I was doing draft. I was doing all right. Like, hopefully, these teams ahead of us actually win, so that we can climb the draft rankings. <laughs> yeah, like yeah Falcons are picking nine teams now because we're in the playoffs. So, <laughs> hey, how about it? Yeah, exactly. It's very spicy. Yeah, I definitely was like a month and a half ahead of you at that point. Yep. Second half of the Dallas game, I was mock draft one. <laughs> well, it was like last year. It was like there's literally nothing else to talk about. We need to start, you know doing draft takes this year it was like eh, seems like a good time for a draft you know people have been asking about it you know we might as might as well do a mock draft you know but it was like because i wanted Most to publications not because start, I had doing to. The, start turning the draft stuff out in november anyway yeah exactly oh, this is, a, this is a, a good time of the year it's usually halfway through the regular season. yeah and we're yeah, not exactly. going to be burned out in uh come march and april from talking draft for the past like seven months right right so you know 
It uh, you it gotta definitely pace helps. Yourself. You gotta yeah, pace you gotta yourself. Pace yourself. You gotta pace yourself. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, always, always good uh, to have you guys on here. We really appreciate everyone for hanging out. Um, and yeah, if you're looking for my mock draft, by the way, that's on thefalcoholic.com. Um, just scroll down a little bit. It came out on uh, Tuesday. So if you're looking for the link to that, that's there as well. Um, yeah, guys, just really appreciate everyone for hanging out tonight. Um, and we will be back, like I said, on Sunday after the game. So we will see you then. And then uh, patrons or anyone who wants to become a patron tomorrow night at 6 p.m. Eastern is the Q&A session. So until then, guys, have a great night. We will see you over the next couple of days for more Falcons talk. Uh, have a great night, folks.